I actually wrote this down, Ryan. Would you rather be your current state of bald or have Kirby Shaved. Smart's bowl cut? Shaved, he said. Shaved. shaved 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 okay your hair right now Your or kirby smart's bowl cut or kirby smart. yeah which one would you prefer you have to keep the bowl cut in perpetuity <laughs> every time kirby smart takes off his visor i am shocked that that's like a guy who's as successful as he is. Uh, seriously he looks like yeah. a fifth year sigma nu and you're like what when the he's like seventh year like when's this guy graduating <laughs> Happy Wednesday, everybody. Got a packed pod for you today. I am excited to say uh, this one's one of the better Wednesdays we've had this fall. I know I laughed a lot doing it and listening back to it. Um, first off, if you're a Dan Lebetard show uh, person, welcome. I really appreciate the, the plug uh, that Dan gave the Green Light Pod on his illustrious show. Uh, it is good to catch up with him and Stu Gotts. I was on there uh, yesterday, Tuesday, talking a whole host of shit, including Stu Gotts trying to intimidate me with a bong. I think the guy thought that if he said he smokes bongs, and he wants to do some, some content with me where uh, we're both on the hot leaf, um, I'm not intimidated, Stu Gotts. Like I said, a bong is a thing that, that exists, and I said this on part of my take, a bong is a thing that in my mind's eye exists in my 20s. And it probably should stay there. Father of two, breakable paraphernalia. You know, I, it's just not a good idea. And, and it seems like a lot of effort. I'm a bit of a purist. Stu Gatz, you bring your bong. I got three king-size classic raw cones ready to rock and roll. And I can guarantee you I will be better at doing content than you uh, in that state. Stugatz, open invitation, man. And to the people that welcomed me to the pirate ship, I did not know it was, it was called a pirate ship, uh, the Dan Levitard army. Uh, does that make you guys pirates? Pretty cool nickname. Like I've heard award-winning listeners. I don't know what we call Greenlight Faithful. I gotta think of a better name. Uh, you guys are pirates. It's kind of cool. Just make sure, as I've, as I've said before on this, on this podcast, your pirate ship can't be like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Raymond James Stadium pirate ship, the over-dramatized, skull and crossbones, gaudy pirate ship. Captain Cook's shit just looked like a, what do they call it, a, a, a schooner? Cowboy Reed? Yeah, it just looks like a fucking standard schooner, and then Captain Cook rolls up on you, takes, takes your gold, and he rolls. Um, yeah, the, to the pirates, welcome. Thanks for checking the pod out. Two former coaches I'm going to talk about today, Doug Peterson, Bill Belichick, and the two, uh, buddies of mine that are joining, Ryan Rosillo and, uh, Big Cat. They're joining to execute an idea that we had in our group text 
which is to build out a kind of a Frankenstein of college and pro coaches that we would like to be. We'd like to take attributes from some of our favorite coaches. And we're not being serious. We're kind of fucking around. This is going to be a funny light pod. I think we could all use it right now. And then we're going to tell each other who we would be if we were coaches. Uh, So dudes are going to pass judgment on each other and dudes are going to listen to their version of a perfect coach. That should be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll hit a little bit of, well, I know it was fun. I say it was, should be a lot of fun. I did it earlier today. It was a blast. And we'll also hit a little bit of football in the tail end. Now, the football news, that, and football news right now, it's such a bizarre time. Um, it feels like we're just getting an explosion of drama in the NFL between Schottenheimer getting fired, Costanzo, um, Anthony Costanzo retiring feels early, but I know he's he's dealt with some injuries. It's always a smart thing to do. Get out by thirty-two. So much life left to live, buddy. Great career too. Um, Chuck Pagano retired. Chuck is a guy who has everybody's utmost respect, with or without beating cancer in two thousand eleven. I believe it was. Time flies. Everybody remembers that. Uh, but he he's been a great coach for a long time. Sixty years old. Congratulations on a great career. Gus Bradley got the DC job in uh, in Vegas. I love Gus Bradley. Okay, got to hang out with him one time, drink a beer with him, drink another beer with him. Then we drink another beer. I I really enjoyed the guy being around him, hearing him tell stories. I like what he's about. I've heard from other guys in the league what kind of guy he is. Obviously, he's got some Seattle ties. He's got the Jacksonville uh, run there. Um, and he's been in San Diego and LA. I think he's going to really help in Vegas. They get that defense figured out. They're a pretty good team, man. Pretty good team. They got a couple pieces there. Get my man Max Crosby some help. All right. And I'm just excited that they retain Rod Marinelli. That's a good move. So the Raiders continue to do some of the right things personnel wise and uh, in, in, in the offseason, you know. The big question is, is Gruden going to pick his game up uh, and can the defense improve incrementally every year? They got to take a big jump next year. And I think Gus Bradley could help. My big Rams take coming in this weekend, speaking of teams uh, out West, I mentioned Schottenheimer getting the ax in, in Seattle. And you kind of knew this might happen when, when Pete, eh, not backed the bus up over him, but nudged him with the bus and talked about you know, a little befuddled at the way the offense trended throughout the year. You know, it's just out in that out in that division. If you're not five foot ten and running some, I don't know, Shanahan might be ta- the tallest. Uh, Kingsbury and Shanahan aren't five ten; they just look five ten. If you're not one of the the slider build boy wonder, tons of motion, uh, you know, zone scheme, air raid, you got to have something special going on to coach schematically in that division. Shoddy just doesn't fit there. And if you're Russell Wilson and you're looking around, and I think Shoddy, you know, he was one of the hottest names in football the first half of the year, but they weren't able to recapture it. And the clock is ticking there. Um, you look around the division and there's a lot of, you know, dynamic schemes, dynamic coaches. And the Seahawks have never been a dynamic offensive team. Maybe this could yield something exciting for football fans everywhere and for that division. So we'll see what happens there. My take in 
LA as we talk about the Rams here getting ready for the the Packers. Um, and I'm, I, I mentioned this with, with Dan and with Ryan as well, I believe, but as you go into this weekend, and I do think this game is going to be underrated, interesting, and tight, and low-scoring, Jared Goff's not great in the cold, period. And if he's going to be your guy, McVay hasn't made a determination. By the way, good news, he says Aaron Donald's going to be ready to go. Uh, I just heard that, actually. I knew he'd play, but just to hear that out loud probably feels good for Rams fans. They've got a chance to affect Aaron Rodgers, I mean, uh, up front. And they can guard their guys. The big question to me is, what Jared Goff are you getting? And I'm going to assume Wolford's not ready to go because that neck injury looked bad. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it was exactly, but it didn't look good. Calling back to last week, and I mentioned this on the pod Sunday night, uh, Monday morning's pod. Jared Goff was your number two uh, Saturday, I believe it was. It feels like a year ago. That was like hour three of twenty hours of Super Wild Card Weekend. Jared Goff was your number two there. That means to me he was physically ready to take snaps, and obviously he was, albeit it wasn't pretty. Sean McVay knew that he could he could get some time. My thing is, and the reason I believe there's a bit of a more of a controversy than maybe we're assuming, looking at it as an injury situation. I think the injury gave them cover to make a move that they felt was best for their football team. That's just my two cents. Because if Jared's really hurt like that, don't you want a healthy body out in front of him? Uh, Obviously it paid off having somebody competent behind him and it wasn't spectacular, uh, but they got the job done. A lot of that was the help of the defense and that sort of thing, but I think there's there's more going on there than, than meets the eye. No matter what, it will be interesting to see how Jared Goff plays this weekend. And I'm as interested. Talk about a legacy game. Let me do this real quick. Legacy games. I mean, Tom Brady is is on probably a rampage to prove that it was north of 51% him up in New England. That's just the way it is. Drew Brees is close to retirement. Um, Lamar Jackson is trying to shed, you know, a lot of the narratives that he's had to deal with. Josh Allen is trying to be more than a one-year wonder. Um, he's trying to be more than a guy who was spectacular in the regular season. He's trying to basically beat the Baltimore Ravens all by himself. When I say that, I mean the run game's not great. I've said this before. He's going to have to sling the ball all around the yard. He's going to have to move the ball with his legs. And obviously there's the elephant in the room in Buffalo. And then over in the other game, you've got uh, Aaron Rodgers trying to get ring number two. It just feels like everybody always looks at Aaron Rodgers and says, just one ring. This is a run that's going to be crucial for his legacy. And I'm not saying that I judge him any differently because I think he's spectacular. Um, He's one of the best ever. I mean, people often say the GOAT is Tom Brady, the best quarterback of all time. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers from a skill standpoint. This would be a a huge feather in his cap to be a multiple-time Super Bowl winner. And he's got more gas left in the tank, more tread left on the tires. The guy who's really fighting for his life is, is Jared Goff. Jared Goff is staring a real quarterback controversy down the barrel, I believe that, He's going to play in the cold where he hasn't been good. Can he grip the football? I don't know. 
what happens if they go out there and just get crushed and they waste that defense? That guy has got a lot of pressure on him this weekend, but I got to hand it to him. For everything that I assume is going on internally there and in his head, and this confirms what I've always thought about Jared Goff, he's a tough son of a bitch. He's a mentally strong person. He's a tough son of a bitch. Football stuff, I mean, you get turnovers are too much. He, he, he's regressed, that sort of thing. But um, to go out there after what he probably went through internally last weekend and to beat the Seahawks, got to hand it to him. Even though a lot of it was the defense, I thought he was really tough. To be able to take snaps under center, we were concerned about that with a thumb like that. He went out and did it. That's why I think they knew all along that he was pretty competent because they saw him doing that all week. They just wanted to start Walford. We'll see what happens this weekend. Obviously, um, I got to hit the Texans thing. Texans have now decided to interview Eric Bieniemy. Uh, the big news here in brief is that Andre Johnson has now weighed in. And when Andre Johnson speaks, you listen. Straight from D-Hop's mouth. When Dre speaks, listen, that was the tweet. And I believe that. There are some people that when they talk, I take them at face value. They are truth tellers. Now, I had a good relationship with Jack Easterby, but that doesn't mean he's doing a good job down there in whatever capacity um, he's being used or uh, employed. And Andre Johnson had this to say, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'll stand my ground. The Texans organization is known for wasting players' careers. Since Jack Easterby has walked into the building, nothing good has happened in for the organization. And for some reason, someone can't seem to see what's going on. Pathetic. Listen, dude, you don't hear Andre Johnson talk a lot. I barely heard him talk on the field. When you talk about a respect quotient, he goes about as high as anybody. Um, and talk about J.J. Watt in Houston. Andre Johnson was J.J. Watt before J.J. Watt was J.J. Watt in, in the football city of Houston and is revered by people that played with him and watched him play. So when he says something like this, you figure he knows some things. That's all I'm saying. And also, when Deshaun Watson speaks, if I'm the Texans, I'm listening. I want him at the table. I want him to feel involved. I not only want him to feel involved, I want him to be involved because I think he's earned the right to give his two cents. He's the most important person in the building, bar none. I don't think he's traded. I think if you trade him, you're batshit crazy. But if I'm Deshaun Watson and everything New England has been nothing but heartache, I'm not real crazy about a guy from New England staging another guy from New England coming down to replace a guy who was just in New England in a position of power. You're not replacing Bill O'Brien, but Bill O'Brien wore two hats, right? So from the start, Deshaun Watson, he sees the clock ticking. He sees what a wasted career it could be. I mean, like these are decisions that can take half a decade off a player's career. So some people might say, just trust the organization. You got paid. This kid wants to win, dude. He wants to win. And I think he's earned the right to talk that way. And I think he's earned the right to put in his two cents. Why invest this much money into somebody if you don't fucking trust them? And that's a rhetorical question. You don't, but they did. 
They invested a lot of money in Deshaun Watson. They should invest a lot of money in Deshaun Watson, but you should also invest in listening to Deshaun Watson. That doesn't mean he gets to pick the hire, but if he was promised something and something didn't happen, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm doing just what he's doing. I'm following all the, the weather people in, in Chicago. <laughs> That's funny that he started following meteorologists in Chicago. <laughs> it's unbelievable. By the way, Nagy and Pace coming back. The two former coaches I wanted to touch on real quick, Doug Peterson, he was let go after we hit send on the pod Monday afternoon, so I didn't get a chance to talk on it. I tweeted about it. Uh, I respect Doug Peterson. When you win a championship with somebody, uh, whether you're on the team, the staff, teammate, you know, like there's just a special bond you have, and I really appreciate the guy. I just do. I think he's a good dude. Um, sure, could have done a better job this year. For sure he could have. Has he made mistakes in Philly? Sure he has. Uh, but talk about bringing the city its first Super Bowl championship. The next year being one drop, a fake punt, uh, a couple little things here here and there, a, a fourth down in the low red. Away, you take away any of those things, you're back in the NFC Championship with with the with a backup quarterback consecutively, um, and the year after that, the team's not very good and the team's pretty banged up. And him Carson, they figured out a way to get to the postseason. From there, the concussion happened. Uh, I think they, I suspect they might win that game if Carson's healthy. But over a three-year run, that's pretty good considering the context. 2020, it fell apart. Now, I think the interesting thing is here, if you're hiring, you're looking at a coach who was at the very least extremely frustrated or frustrated with the lack of autonomy he had, with the lack of control he had. And so I just mentioned that guy's track record and on the first line, the top line, you don't need to read anything below it first Super Bowl in Eagles history. And that guy within four years is concerned about not having enough control. So if I'm a coach and I'm interviewing for a few jobs and I'm looking at the Philly job and I want a little bit of a say in what kind of groceries are being bought before I cook dinner. I'm not saying I need to buy all the groceries, but if I'm the chef, I need some groceries. I need, I need to put some things on the list. That's a little intimidating to walk into that situation. Add to that, you know, that you're 60-something million over the cap. You and the Saints in a league of your own when it comes to that. The roster's aging. You've got a quarterback controversy. And the thing that I just mentioned, the disconnect between the front office and the head coach. And that happens. Somebody smart told me this. You look at a lot of really good teams in the NFL. GM, coach, in lockstep. And I think that's what you have to find some, somehow, some way. And I think that that might take Howie being more open to collaborate. That's just what I can see from hearing the leaks coming out and from putting two and two together. I talked about it after Tank Gate, that that's not Doug's fucking call, dude. It's been, it's been, it's been something that's been talked about for a while. In the Philly media, you kind of know the power dynamic in that building. 
if you think Doug made that decision, I still can't help you. And it's unfortunate that he had to sign off on that and then gets axed within a week. No matter what the, the motivation is, I don't care if the first meeting went terribly. If you, you made him do your bidding, which is fine, it's just unfortunate that the guy that has a statue outside the building within four years is gone. And um, I think when you win a championship, everybody's on this high. And this is just this goes to show you how quickly things can unravel. And that's why you, you have to appreciate it when you're in it. And it is so rare. One of the things I learned when I went up to New England was just how rare it is to have that success and just forget year after year just being in it every four years every five years I mean the, the Patriots and this is what makes their success so amazing to me is that their Super Bowl spans so far apart like their wins if it's not for a few things here or there a Malcolm Butler interception we're talking like a generation between Super Bowls uh, but they were always in it and in Philly, we were there, and I've said perfect storm before. I'm not, that's not a slight on anybody in the building there now or that's been pulling the strings since we had that special group. And I'm not washing my hands of, of the decline. I was there in 2018. I was one of the leaders of that team, and we weren't as good. And we weren't, we weren't ready to defend. We also weren't healthy. But things unravel quickly. And, um, and you look at the... The evidence being those two statues, man. Their real life inspirations no longer live in the city of brotherly love. They have, uh, we've all gone our separate ways. There's still dudes from that team, but like I said, the roster is aging. You're over the cap. This is a year you have to hit on the quarterback. The quarterback, you got to get the most out of him. It looks like Carson might be the guy again. You know, I said before, I didn't think that Doug and Carson would be back. It was going to be one or the other. Everybody's future is tied to the quarterback and what you do around the quarterback and who you have in the room with the quarterback. And I think that's why the biggest concern for me is not what job Doug Peterson gets next because whether he's replacing Eric Bieniemy, whether he's up in Seattle as an OC, whether he gets lucky and gets a head coaching job, I don't know. Like It's hard to get fired and then get a job immediately, especially with so many great candidates out there. I don't suspect that happens, but he's going to land on his feet. What I worry about is the Eagles getting the right hire because what you have to consider, and everybody's asking me this question, who would you hire? Who would you hire? Who would you hire? First off, I'm not in the interview process. I can tell you who might be a good football fit, but unless I hear them interview, I don't know. Additionally, I think people imagine that you're going to have carte blanche when it comes to picking your guy. All the reasons I just listed make this a scary job to take depending on who you are. Uh, chances are you show up, you got to put on your big boy pants right away. And what that means is some of the top level names might not find it attractive when you look at another job. Like if you're picking between LA and Philly, where are you, where are you going? I'm going to go, I'm going to go coach the chargers. I mean, hell, if you're picking between Houston and Philly, what, what are you picking? Even with the lack of draft picks and you know, everything else going on down there, you might be looking hard at the Houston job. I don't know. The Jets job, to me, and I've said this before, seems more attractive than the Eagles job. And that's with a quarterback that I think that can return to form as a fringe top 10 
you know, top 10 quarterback. I really do believe that. But you got to hit on what happens in the quarterback room, in the offensive coordinator room. I don't believe... I don't believe that you disqualify defensive head football coaches in this in this process. I don't I don't think so. You just had an offensive football coach and it didn't work out. You might need a culture setter. Robert Sala's name has been floated around. Well, if he doesn't if he's going to run like hell for the hills once he gets in there and interviews and, and learns more about the po- power dynamic, it's also the league is small. People talk. People know what's going on. I think you got to nail at face value, without being in the interview process, without seeing, I would I would go culture, I would go defense, because you're closer to being able to win with your defense, and you make investments in the personnel accordingly, offensively, and you make an investment in a, and this is where it's hard, you have to forecast a bit, and you're gonna have to pick an un, up and coming name, uh, you know, or you're gonna have to get that next great coordinator. A guy like Flip, who Dave DiFilippo, who was there, the Super Bowl run, who was in, he was an integral part. It wasn't just Frank, it was him too. He was an integral part of being in the room with Carson every day. And the, I've said this before about Carson. Everybody asked me, do you dislike Carson? Do you like Carson? Is it true? Is he an asshole? I read that article on like fucking whoever wrote that article a couple years ago. And I heard three anonymous sources said they don't like him and he hadn't played well. Carson's a good dude. Carson's a good teammate. I do believe Carson's stubborn. I think he's stubborn. Guess who's stubborn too? Your boy right here sitting in this podcast chair. I'm uncoachable. I'm not saying Carson's uncoachable. (laughs) I'm a stubborn motherfucker. And I know that if I'm stubborn, I need somebody in the room every day that's going to hold me accountable and call me on my bullshit. That doesn't mean you're not a self-starter. That doesn't mean you're not a hard worker. That just means that sometimes if you don't have a strong personality in the quarterback room, the quarterback's going to do what the quarterback's going to do and eventually build bad habits. And if you don't snap them out of it, they just, they compound. So I just think you can hit on reclaiming Carson as a reclamation, as somebody who's going to return to form. I think you can do that without hiring an offensive head coach, but they could hire whoever they want. Um, I'm not saying I know who the hell to hire. I'm just saying... As you, as you play this out, these are the factors that you look at. And you might need to, um, to my point, fix your expectations accordingly. You might not get your Eric Bieniemy. You might not get your hottest name. But what you might get is a diamond in the rough that might have to, to wrestle some autonomy away from, from the front office and prove himself. Um, I'm hoping for the best. And by the way, Devontae Smith, okay, he was amazing the other night, especially you know, watching and having the Buckeyes plus 10. It's disgusting. Disgusting. I, I didn't want anything bad to happen to him, uh, but I was like, maybe he could get the shits. You know what I mean? And then he left the game, and, uh, and they still torched him the rest of the way. Those receivers had Velcro on them. They were getting leveled right as they catch the ball. I mean, literally, the ball just stick to him. The picture of 32 running after him will forever be burnt into my brain. And I feel bad for that kid because I've been there. My last year, I'm 33, 34 years old. 33, I think I was, in Philly. I, you know, I have like a partially torn quad. I'm not the fastest anyways. I'm really quick, but I'm not fast. And I had to drop in coverage. I had to drop in the middle of the field in a zone. And Andrew Luck scrambles and runs right at me 
So I stop my feet, which is if you don't play in the open field a lot, you don't just stop your feet anticipating. You close the space. But in the middle of the field, there's no sideline to work. I'm never in this situation. Well, he just takes a right angle and runs straight left. And when I tell you, um, when I tell you I look like a guy chasing the bus, it was embarrassing. And that's what I was thinking about the other night. Just trying to run as fast as you can and not looking good doing it and getting run away from. It's, it's almost worse that I got run away from by Andrew Luck. I mean, there's no shame in getting run away from by Devontae Smith. I felt bad for 32. The thing about Devontae Smith is if you're an Eagles fan and you cried into your pillow about the tanking thing and he's there at six, you are not allowed to buy his jersey. You may not buy his jersey. If I see people in Devontae Smith jerseys, I'm going to go see what your posts were, week 17, 2020. 2021 it was. The Medal of Freedom, Bill Belichick. My other old head coach made some news today, and listen, I never want to act like I know the guy super well because I was there for a year. I never want to act like, you know, because I'm one of the only people that might speak on it. I got an uncomfortable day because I looked and I saw that they said Teddy Bruschi and Chris Long speak out on, you know, what they think about Belichick turning down a Medal of Freedom because my name and Teddy's name in New England should never be in the same category, in the same sentence, but there's just two were two guys that I guess had something to say about it. I actually didn't have anything to say about it. I just posted a gif of, uh, or a gif of Bill getting uh, doused with Gatorade. And I thought that I couldn't get clickbaited or, you know, anybody use it in an article because it was a fucking moving picture, but they found a way. Like they were literally like, Chris Long speaks out on Bill Belichick, NESN. And then, and then you click on it, it's a whole article about Bill, and it's like, look what Chris had to say, it's a fucking gif. Okay, so there's no way around it. Um, this, is a, this is a topic that's kind of inflammatory. I have been doing this for four years, okay? So I'm, I'm all out of dialogue on Trump. Um, you know, I've always thought he was dangerous. I, I try not to talk about him too much on this podcast. There was a long period of time there where because of the White House stuff, I became like a poster child for, you know, this is the most politically outspoken guy in the league. I am not an overly political person, um, never have been. My entire life did not revolve around following elections. Um, it didn't revolve around partisan politics. You know, I was always left leaning, um, you know, and on all the issues I'm left, but, but I wasn't somebody that would was easily manipulated by partisan politics or the news or that sort of thing. Like I've always tried to think for myself and that included in 2016 when I was, uh, when I was watching Trump on the debate stages with, uh, with my wife and, and my little boy and we were in, uh, we were in Foxborough and I was, I just gotten there and I can remember the day that, the thing came out about the letter and Donald Trump read Bill's letter, alleged letter out loud. And Bill, um, probably conservative. I mean, certainly probably conservative, um, Navy guy, uh, you know, patriotic guy. Maybe he fell for the banana and tailpipe the first time around. I don't know. That seems like ages ago. It seems like eight years ago. And I, I've tried to take this, I've struggled with this internally. 
after four years of dialogue, trying to convince people of why 45 was such a dangerous, narcissistic, fucking wannabe, fraud, just douchebag. And the first word's the most important, dangerous. Like he threatens our, our right to try to improve our country. Like he threatens the ability to even try to improve the place. You know, he transcends politics and he transcended political discourse for me and partisan politics. So from the minute I heard him on those debate stages, he stopped being the guy on Apprentice. I don't watch stupid shit like that, except Shark Tank. He stopped being that guy that was always this like fringe, goofy celebrity. And he immediately, in my head, became this dangerous figure. Well, it really disappointed me when I saw that letter. But I didn't know Bill yet. And uh, I thought he was probably just another guy that fell for the banana in the tailpipe. And uh, I was getting looked at like a radical person for turning down the White House. This is who he's always been. But the point being, you know, four years later, Bill had a chance in my eyes to do something very important. And that is to deny that fucking goofball the ability to on his way out be normalized and to be thought of as one of the cool guys look i i know that i'm buddies with the coolest coach ever the the, the best head coach ever uh i got these football player friends i have gary players my friend Annika Sorenstan's my friend look at all these athletes that are my friends and i've never you know been one of the cool kids it, you know to me he's he's still that he's still he's a kid that that inherited everything and, and didn't work for it and and just wants to fit in so bad desperately as evil as he is he's also just trying to he just wants to fit in and he wants to show everybody one more time how cool he is with the bill belichick and for bill to be like nah dude like the jig is up i'm a navy man i'm patriotic i believe in democracy I don't think this was an easy decision for him because I think he's through and through a respect the office guy. But Trump has never respected the office, nor has he ever demanded respect sitting in that office. And I'd like to think that two years ago, if Bill got this, this Medal of Freedom, he'd do the same thing. I don't know. It's really not time to litigate that or what Bill thought of Trump four years ago. We're in the situation we're in, and, and just as a former player, I was fucking relieved <laughs> because I want to respect that guy because I do respect him. I respect the hell out of him as, as a football coach, uh, and he's always been very cool to me, and I thought he did a lot by standing up and saying, I'm an American first, okay? And for all the people that probably sat there, and I was one of them, was like, oh, shit, he's going to accept this award. Like... Embracing for it. The signs were all there that he's a pretty principled guy when it comes to this stuff. I mean, he has, by all accounts, been big time in listening to his players, you know, uh, on the social justice stuff. That first year when it came to cap, to demonstrating, he was much less draconian than people, I think, imagined he would be. If you saw him behind the scenes, he was very understanding let his players talk it out, was supportive, um, and now four years later, he makes a stand.
And listen, terrible position to be in. You know, just like when I believe, you know, that letter was read four years ago. Even if you wrote that letter, that stupid ass letter, if you wrote that letter, like the fact that Donald Trump would read that out loud says everything about Donald Trump. And four years later, the fact that he would try to use Bill on his way out to get one last grab of, of relevancy and look at me, I'm cool, and I know that I'm the big guy who never played team sports, and I'm an asshole, and I'm a misogynist, and I'm a racist, but look how cool I am. I can still go to the country club. Golf is leaving him in the dust. Bill Belichick left him in the dust. Nobody wants to see him at the White House. You're done, dude. You're cooked. And when the hoodie says, fuck that, I'm a Navy man, I believe in democracy, I believe in America, I'm not gonna sit here and look a gift horse in the mouth and say, well, four years ago, he wrote a letter. I appreciate Bill standing up for what he believes in. I really do. Uh, so I'm glad, I'm glad that, listen, our politics probably aren't the same, me and him. I'm sure we don't see eye to eye on everything but I just felt like giving him a hug <laughs> and he probably wouldn't even want one. But I, when I read that he turned it down, I literally turned to, I turned to my wife and I said, <gasps> holy shit, he did it. And it's a silly thing to, to pump your fist about, but take any wins you can get right now, right? People coming out of the woodwork being like, yeah, me too. I'm on his side too. What are you going to do about it? It was really good that somebody I respected uh, was able to, to resist the, the temptation to accept uh, a prestigious award that was being wielded as a, uh, as a piece of social currency, really, for that guy. Sorry, bud. You're not cool anymore. Gotta go. So enough serious stuff. Let's get to Ryan and Big Cat and have some fun. Uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna build our coach, football coach Frankenstein's and tell each other what kind of coaches we would be. It's gonna be a lot of ball busting here. Um, Y'all enjoy. While the holiday season may be over, the sports calendar is in full swing this week. From college to pro sports, there is no shortage of action, and there is no better place to get in on all of this action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't tried out DraftKings Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code GREENLIGHT when you sign up to get 100 to 1 odds on any football game this weekend. That's code GREENLIGHT for new players to get a shot at $100 on any football action this weekend. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and first bet match each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, so the dudes are here, and uh, it's a segment that Ryan understands very well uh, that we're going to be doing, and it's a segment that Ryan made up, and he's very excited about. Ryan, you want to pitch the segment? <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> I, all right, see, I already know. I already know. I can see the look on your faces. You knew it was bad when Chris was like, "Hey, there's one that I may do with you, but we may edit it out." That's how I went to bed. And then I got a homework assignment from Mr. Simmons, like at 11 going, Hey, rank your 30 players in order. And I was like, Jesus Christ. But this segment's way better, Ryan. No, it isn't. But it's, it's that I was like, kiss up. uh, I'm like, okay, I have a lot. I have a lot going on here. The reason is you've changed this so many times since its inception 
which is a lot like, I think we're doing tenant now instead of this. So no, just, that would yeah, be a backward segment. That would be a backward segment. What we're doing is a matrix okay. segment where you switch dimensions. Dan okay. switched the dimensions yesterday from, we just pick a coach that we want to be college or pro to, we build a Frankenstein mm-hmm. out of all the attributes of some of the wonderful college and pro coaches that we see on a daily basis. And then dudes tell us who we actually would be like. Mm-hmm. See, I mean, right. like I did that in thirty seconds. This no, is way, it, but- this is way less work than Bill Simmons. That Bill told you to rank NBA players. Anybody watching the NBA right now? All right, Clay, take it easy. Who's Clay? Clay Travis. <laughs> okay, fine. I'm gonna go right now. Ryan, uh, you you are uh, Mike Gundy, the OAN shirt, and you used to be forty. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I knew I knew this one was going to come off the top rope uh, for me because ever since apparently um, worrying about taxes is only a once every four year thing. I didn't realize that. So yeah, I mean, in the aftermath of ever mentioning anything about taxes, which I should have said economy, and I was actually trying to criticize myself. I've now been a huge supposed Trump guy for seven months, which is just I didn't. Vote that for seven him, so. months has well, flown by with people in my mentions telling me I'm I'm fr- best friends with a Trump supporter. Right. Yeah. I was going to give you the ultimate compliment. I was going to say you're Bill Belichick because everyone thinks he voted for Trump, but he probably didn't. Yes. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I have had so I'm holding, lot. by the way, I just want on the record, I'm holding my real Ryan one in my back pocket okay, because good, I have a better I, I one. My, I, that I don't think load. anyone has on the board. I blew I my, see, load. my I blew my load when he called me Clay Travis. <laughs> Well, when you were like, no one's watching the NBA. Yes, I was I was like, okay, I have to rank all 30 NBA players. That was like 11 o'clock last night. I was like, all right, let me get back out of bed and rank my 30 players, and then I'll go downstairs and watch TV again. So, yeah, I think the thing is, is that from the beginning, it was like, hey, which coach are you like? And mm-hmm. we started texting it. And then you were like, okay, NFL guys. I was like, okay. And then you were like, and now Frankenstein. And then you said something about your social life of a coach. I'm like, what are we doing? And then, then no, I didn't last say night, something about no. a social life directly. What I said Not was directly. that I said that it. part of my Frankenstein might be, I want girlfriend. If you right. were to say something like if, that. If I yeah. was, but I'm if not saying were. that. Right, right. Or I knew that, I knew, and I knew you would bring that up. I knew you would bring that up, which is why I love this segment. Um, we're gonna but bleep last, out last edition, though. We're gonna bleep just... out name and name. Okay, we're no, gonna leave Zimmer's the in there. No, yeah, leave Zimmer's in there. Okay, because you, you. Okay. Honestly, Zimmer. If I were the Vikings, I'd be like, "Hey, do we extend this guy now?" <laughs> yeah. Okay. The best, the, the, the best, uh, when we went to the Vikings facility, like three years ago, Zimmer's truck, which we, we actually kind of edit, ended Teddy Bridgewater's career in Minnesota because we we're in an airport going to Minnesota to interview Zimmer and Teddy Bridgewater, look at our phones before we get on the plane. And it's like everyone in the Vikings facility has just puked because they looked at Teddy Bridgewater's oh. knee. So we show up and it was like, like they basically stashed us away for two days, but Mike Zimmer's. Uh, truck parked right in front. He had, and I'm not like being, this isn't, you know, a hyperbole. He had seven bags of red man in the center (laughs) console, just sitting there. Like, I don't know if he just went like, okay, today I'm just going to go fresh. Like maybe he just takes some off the top constantly, but it was like, no one needs that much red man. No one. And they were all, they were all like opened or, or had been opened. So it really did seem like he was kind of just working all seven bags at the same time. I do that with my tens of Kodiak. Um, 
the other night Meg said, you're rich, right? I said, yeah. She goes, she's just finding this out. Yeah. yeah what? <laughs> she's like, why do you have, where's one, your money? <laughs> why do you have one vape pen and 17 half empty tins of Kodiak? I mean, it's a good fair point. Question. It's totally mm -hmm. fair question. My question about Mike Zimmer would be, why are you chawing, dude? Like, who's still chawing? Real ones. Yeah. yeah, the real ones. By the way, speaking of Rich, just as a side tangent, last time the three of us were together doing a podcast, Penn stock was at like $5, and you guys were laughing in my face. So just a shout-out, Penn, 105 wow. today. Good for Penn I stock. What's a stock? I don't remember ever laughing in your face about it. Oh, you, it I don't even remember you telling me that. Where was that, I, New Orleans? Okay, but do you understand capital gains tax and short-term risks? <laughs> Fuck no, dude. Tax guy, tax guy, tax guy Ryan in, in the building. <laughs> I'm actually getting, I'm, I'm paying myself in Bitcoin. Russell O'Kung, that's impressive, but I'm paying myself in Bitcoin as the, as the CEO of my own moderately successful podcast. Which you, Ryan, you should you should do uh, life advice because it's fantastic on every episode of your uh, podcast. You should do like uh, the week of April fifteenth, just an entire episode of tax advice with Ryan Russell. Oh, Hope you guys know about wash sales. That'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. <laughs> All right. So, now do you think there'd be any chance that somebody be like, "Wait, what happened to the property taxes in Connecticut? <laughs> like, what? Oh, maybe, maybe he has a point." Nah, no, nobody, nobody would ever do that. So Listen. I knew I expected Dabo and Gundy right off the jump because the thing that sucks is you guys know the joke, but everybody listening to this would be like, man, he really is one of those dudes. I know. That's, that's why I was like, we might have to yeah. delete it because you, knowing you, and I'm just going to say this because you don't ever defend yourself on anything. Uh, and I hate, <laughs> I feel like we're going to get quoted in some think tank here. Who cares? Think piece, think piece here. Have you, but, who but, cares? Have you seen Penstock? Have you seen it? <laughs> So it's literally the, if you watch Dan's it, it's, it's my don't, give, it's my don't give a fuck meter as yeah. it goes up. It's like the yeah. don't give a fuck meter goes up. I just want to say no, it's, like a, it's like a Kilimanjaro portfolio. I basically, yeah. I basically Kilimanjaro. So, so uh, I basically have been, been shouting at people on your behalf, Ryan, for the better part of, I don't know, since you stumbled into a hotel room about the inaccuracies and the narratives and the things that have swirled around Ryan Rosillo, first off, Hotel Key, or whatever it was, uh, worked on the wrong door. Okay, let's get that it straight. Worked. It worked. Yeah. What would you do? You'd stumble your drunk ass right in there and go to sleep just like Ryan did. Right? You weren't bothering anybody. I actually stayed there the next night. They're like, <laughs> oh, our bad. So that could like, happen really? to anybody. And then the, the 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 thing over the summer, which was you know, it was a it was a bomb of a pod, but but Ryan did not vote for Trump here, and he will not he will not. And I I'm not I making light of what him and I Bill know. did. He did not vote for Trump, guys. Before we start this this coaching segment that Ryan made up, I just want everybody to know that. Yeah, I did though. Okay, Dan, I definitely don't need people telling me I can't go on your show anymore, <laughs> Libcat. Um, I appreciate you saying that. I just think for me to go back and forth with every single person and, you know, I, I have some thoughts and honestly, if there's anything that I've learned is that I actually was trying to criticize myself in that moment and make a point about Obama being a better leader. And it was like, wait, did anybody listen to that part? And I think the part that's really frustrating is like, if I go out and start screaming from the rooftops, all these things about politics, it's like, oh, well, that's because you're this and nobody's going to change your mind. So right. Is, it is a really weird time that if you're not 100% aligned with someone, then they think that you're the enemy. And I've, I've never, like, I could look at almost any topic, any discussion and go, okay, here's where I could argue for it. Here's where I could poke holes in it. 
and I'm not talking about an administration or anything like that. Like literally it's how I look at every single topic. So, you know, I appreciate you saying it, but I don't want to derail. No, no, everything. no. We're not derailing a really fun. fun segment that you made up. <laughs> yeah. well, I, it, I just, it, we had well, to get that I have out. one last point on that is that, and Ryan, and I've talked about it at length. Um, you just, you have to realize at some point you just can't win online. And you, and once you kind of let yourself go with that, like there's nothing you're arguing with people. It's on a waste Twitter. of time. It, it KD actually has it right with the burner accounts, but yeah, I, he does. <laughs> the only arguments I'll do on Twitter are like, uh, why Texas A&M didn't deserve the fourth spot. Like those arguments I'm in for all day, real right. arguments. Like you just, you aren't going to go on Twitter. No one's logging onto Twitter, uh, at 9am and being like today, I'm going to change some people's minds. So I guess the question then is Dan, as you're building out your coach, your Frankenstein, is he a patriotic guy? What's he like? What's do you want, do you want me to just hop in? I have I, I have, have ten. Uh, I have ten. And Ryan's okay. Like, why don't oh, you fuck. start, Chris? Ten, yeah, you start. yeah. Let Chris go. Okay, you start, Chris. Okay, I got him written down here in my little ledger. I want Gruden's deal. Oh, that's good. And I can't wait for the graphic when they put the little pointer to like his pocket. Gruden's deal. You uh, should wait. Let, let's comment on each of these. Yeah, so you should sure. want Gruden's deal as well as his on-field results, because that's kind of his deal is even better knowing how bad of a coach he's been the last six, seven years. And I don't think he's as bad as people make him out to be. I think he's an easy target because of the deal and because of the whole, oh, he won a Super Bowl 20 years ago. Is he overrated? Is he underrated? Like, I don't care how somebody's rated. I think him and Mayock have done... Mayock especially, he's done a good job there. But but Gruden, I mean, I want his deal. MC Hammer, dude, you absolutely cannot touch this. You you cannot get me off the field. You can't fire me. Uh, I'm untouchable. I want Doc Holliday's name, the Marshall coach. I get oh. his name. Yeah, it's mm. a good name. I want to sound like Coach O. Sorry, Dan, I took that from you. So no, get- that's fine. I actually didn't have Coach O on there. I mean, okay. we'll, we'll probably have some uh, some overlap, but that one is not one. I want to eat grass like Les Miles. If you can't, eat, why? Kansas. Kansas is, is, uh, is turf. Yeah, but I'm going to be coaching. Road for, games. For sure, I'm coaching natural, natural grass. And okay. I want to eat it. I want to eat That's it. That's going to be the first thing he does. You're going to get the boosters on board. All fours. I'm going to have grass stains on my khakis all game long because I was munching grass. Okay. And I want Tony Sperano's sunglasses. Mm. RIP. RIP. Um, I want Dana Holgerson's hair. <laughs> what an asshole. No, seriously. Just, like you guys with good hair pretending you want. I don't Dana have good Holgerson's hair. I'm thinning. Hair. Yeah, but I mean, it's still Ryan, not terrible. I actually wrote this down, Ryan. Would you rather be your current state of bald or have Kirby Shaved. Smart's bull cut? Shaved. He said. Shaved. shaved, shaved, shaved. Okay, your hair right now, your or Kirby Smart's bowl cut, or Kirby Smart. Yeah, which one would you prefer? You have to keep the bowl cut in perpetuity. <laughs> Every time Kirby Smart takes off his visor, I am shocked that that's like a guy who's as successful <laughs> as he is. Uh, seriously. He looks like yeah. a fifth-year Sigma Nu, and you're like, what? When the fu-? he's like seventh year, like when's this guy graduating? And you're like, you know, the vibe around the house would be totally different if a thirty-year-old didn't live here. Um, I would take Kirby Smart because no. I think there's a lot of things. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things you could do with that. No, you have to keep Bro, it as it is. You, you cannot, have to keep as yeah, it. Yeah, but I'm talking combing it like that little that that Bama bangs thing. That has the longevity 
of like uranium. Okay, but it hasn't gone out of style in 20 years <laughs> down there. Those guys are rocking that thing forever. You know what is out of style though? Dudes who are jacked with that haircut. So you got to you can't continue to do what you do in your basement gym if you have that haircut. It's not going to work together. I don't know. I've seen some guys on Instagram that are like, Hey, by the way, do you guys is there a different Instagram that when you sign up for they give you a trip to Dubai? Mm. No, I, I don't know. I haven't been to Dubai, so I just <laughs> I'd love to go to Dubai, though. I, I, uh, I, you know, the Instagram when they when it shows like your curated what you like to look at. It's well, I don't look at that. that. Is, I'm, like Jake, I'm like Jake Tapper. I don't look at that stuff. I'm an adult. Yeah, see that. See, that, that was, was so nine like, years ago, though. We being hard on Jake here. I saw that in the group text, and I was like, Jesus Christ, Ryan. You, I, I never notice. I never notice who's following me, who's not. Like literally, like to your point, to Jake's point. It is asinine, but I think people uh, people can change, Rye. I I use that curated like here's the content you you'd be most interested in as kind of uh, wow you're a shitty person because I'll look at it every couple of weeks mm-hmm. and it's um it's basically just like the biggest hamburger ever made and then huge tits <laughs> and that's it <laughs> it's just food porn and real porn it's what? like well dude like I don't know maybe find God I don't know what's going on I like mine mine is like breaks down on gender and it's like 98% men <laughs> it's just dude stuff yeah and what like would you rather never. have somebody see your uh, your Google search or your 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 Instagram uh, tailored. What is it called? I, it's like uh, the curated content. I don't know. Every yeah. time I log suggested, on Instagram, suggested. Like, yeah, if you swipe right, it's just I'll, I'll look. It up right. well, the problem is if you look at like one thing. Like I looked at a video of some guys busted up teeth. And then I went, oh, and the next thing I know, it was like, oh, this guy loves busted up teeth videos. I'm like, no, I didn't. I I just, I looked at one and now like I was on a big cops versus bikes thread guy. Like I was constantly into watching police chases with motorcycles. And I got to understand like, you know, that lifestyle, I've never been in a motorcycle gang. You know, I've thought about it. I'm not there yet. Everybody comfortable, Right. But a lot of times I watch those videos and I'm just like, it looks like the biker's wrong a lot. So I don't know if I want to join that. Okay. So I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to disagree with Ryan there, or at least go the opposite way. Like I do in fact, look at mostly boobs and food porn. So that does make sense. The curated uh, suggested tab. Yeah. You just like start volume scrolling through Bible verses to fix your suggested. Mm -hmm. uh, Exactly. Smart. Um, Smart. To get back to my coach, I, I want, um, I want uh, Holgerson's hair, and I want it just as it is, like cascading down my neck with no water source at the mm-hmm. top. You know, that's what I really respect about his mullet is that there is no pool at the top. It's just a waterfall. Um, so mm-hmm. I want him. I want Jim Tom no Sula's press source. conferences. <laughs> I want Jim Tom Sula's press conferences. That's how I'm going to talk to the media. I want Larry Fedora's commitment to the game of football. Do you remember when he said that if football changes too much and we do targeting and that sort of thing, the country's going under? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, also, I liked it a lot. He liked it a lot. I bet you did. Uh, he, Larry Fedora also, I got to try to find his uh, clip, but he he had he I had a he quote once where he, he like memory, he said he, he memory hold the loss. And they were like, what do you mean by that? He's like, I don't. I don't even know what you're talking about that loss. Like he just was like, I've, I've completely erased it from memory. Good for him. And he, he said it out loud. He's like, I'm going to memory hold this bad boy. You know what? Normally though, this is what I always loved about Fedora is that if you were to just describe this guy, you would go, Oh, that guy, like you don't want to be around him. Like you wouldn't want to play for him. 
where he's actually able to pull off both, where the commitment to the game is such that I think people actually do like him. I think people do like, like he, I know there's a lot of guys that get recycled on staff stuff, but meeting him a couple times, he I was, was like, cool. I'm in. He yeah. Was cool. I was like, I'm in. A lot of coaches are like that. You see them in interviews and shit, and it just doesn't tell the whole story. And I want to throw the challenge flag like Bill Belichick. Yeah, that's how I throw challenge flags. Just disgusted. Yeah, just mm-hmm. like I'm just tossing something in the trash. Disgusting. I don't, I don't want to say what it could be, but I'm just tossing something disgusting you- in the trash. Ever hear that story? I think Mort told on. I think he's probably told on a few different pods, but that refs actually are a little freak doing Belichick games because they know there's a really good chance he knows the rules better than they do. Absolutely, and he knows the rules better than they do. How nuts is it? The stuff that he points out to you in a room, work playing for them for a season, because everybody seems to say like, if there's one constant that when you play for Bill, you just know about things that you would never learn about at other programs. Absolutely, because he, you know, I've said this before. He 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 could coach every position better than the position coach. I mean, like that's that's insane. It's crazy. It's insane. And so, uh, just his like the way he he's hands on everywhere. And also, like most teams you're on after you have a terrible game, they you talk to the head coach for five minutes. He might cuss you out. Everybody feels really small for a couple seconds, and then you split up offense and defense. Bill's gonna do it in front of the whole room, and everybody has to sit in there. And everybody sits in there for like two hours. You watch the whole tape. So I know who's shitty on offense. And if I played bad, Tom Brady knows I played bad. And, you know, all those guys and so on and so forth. So I think like his knowledge, but also that kind of comprehensive understanding of the game. So I would love to have all that, but I'm being realistic about my Frankenstein. It's it's like Lord of the Flies. He gets everyone going at each other. Uh, here's a Larry Fedora quote. I went and looked it up because it is fantastic. Ultimate football guy. So they went back to East Carolina. They had lost seventy to forty one. They went back a few years later, and a reporter asked, uh, "What do you remember from it?" And he said, "I don't remember a thing about it." And they said, "Seriously, how could you forget this?" <laughs> and he said, "I'm serious." And the reporter said, "I don't believe you." And Fedora said, "That's okay." And then after the game. The reporter said, is that like selective memory? Like you just want to forget the bad and just move on? What is that? And Fedora said, selective memory. That's probably a pretty good way to put it. I remember what I want to remember, you know, and block out the things that I want to block out. So you memory hold it. So can we do, can we, maybe can, it's Larry Fedora's memory. Can I do that to my bookie? Yeah, he just, I mean, I, that's a great quote, though, to be like, hey, remember last time here? Like, no, I don't. Are you kidding? No, I, I do not. Stop asking me that. I don't remember it. I love it. Stop. I love it. I knew he's on this list for a reason. I, I I forgot about that. Hey, you know, don't mention things like Lord of the Flies. Ryan, a book Ryan might have read would be 1984. George Orwell. Mm. You know? Can't use a hashtag. Um, and By the way, that's like Fedora just wrote Eternal Sunshine with a Spotless Mind for football coaches. Like the sequel. It's a great movie, like, too. Yeah. Is it not? It would be. Oh, yeah. It's great. Great concept. Jim Carrey was on done. Fire Circa 2000. Yeah. Truman Show? Liar, liar. Yeah. Liar, Liar. I'm kind of boxing myself in. What year did Liar, Liar come out? Late 90s, I think. Yeah, I'm uh, kind of boxing myself in here from earlier comments, but I just remember uh, the woman who was on the stand in that movie and like a 12-year-old me being like, damn. Yeah. Those are 97. Good call, Chris. There it is. Was it 97? Yeah. Um, was she the blonde with the short hair? Why do I remember I think that? she was brunette okay yeah. never mind i'm thinking of another movie you know what i'm thinking about i'm thinking about happy gilmore oh i saw that ice skating scene the other night oh. that, uh the What's blonde happy girl gilmore? that works for the tour 
Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. He's don't, don't do this. Don't don't. Well, <laughs> the girl in Happy Gilmore. Field. She was the one that when I was in in the nineties, I was like this. I feel weird about this scene. Are you guys that talking about a, Jennifer Tilly? I don't is know. Is that her name? She became like a <laughs> poker player. You should do that as a bit, Ryan, on rewatchables where you just uh, essentially are like any popular movie. Like, what's that? Forrest Gump? Never heard of it. Missed so, it. Julie Bowen, she was fine in the 90s. You know who I like? Uh, if Now that I've wrapped up my Frankenstein, uh, in actuality, I want to be a real life Lane Kiffin, Brian Flores hybrid. Mm. Which I think is Dan Campbell. I had Dan Campbell written down. I love Dan Campbell, bro. For his power stance. Ryan goes, God what? damn it. <laughs> the power stance. The power stance. No, I have I have Dan Campbell's stance. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my I mean, it's it's an all-time it's, it's an all-time photo. Yeah. It is and he played Metallica in practice and made everyone wear all black. That's uh, how you change the culture. That's how you win a game as an interim head coach. It doesn't work for more than two weeks, but that's how you get that bounce back, the dead cat bounce. What do you guys think? Um where, where are you guys projecting me as a coach? And then we'll move on to Ryan. I like it. I like it. Now, you were nice to your – I did this a little differently because I kind of um, picked coaches that I – like not what I want to be, what I think I am, mm -hmm. and grabbed things from each coach. But I like your coach. Your coach is a winner. My coach looks like a Madden creative player. Like, you know, like all the arm – the arm uh, accessories and the visor, but if you did that for a coach, think about it, a guy on all fours eating grass um, <laughs> with sunglasses on and Dana Holgerson's hair. No yeah. visor. It sounds and technically dead because Tony like, Sperano is dead. Yeah, that's a downer. Okay. So your coach is dead. You kind of sound like a bad guy in a Seagal movie. Really? <laughs> yeah, that I looked at the entire list. Did yeah, I say I'm I was saying. wearing a suit with no tie? That's why I never understood your deal. Like, if you hadn't gotten married, I would have, if I were you, I would have moved to Tokyo and said, Can I just be a bad guy in movies, in Japanese movies? Like, I've kind of low key wanted to do that myself. Where I'm like, How many? But I'm just not big enough, you know? And you're big enough. You have the frame, you have the lineage. You could just say, Hey, you know, have you guys, yeah, have you seen my dad's movies? Have you seen my dad's like, movies? Yeah. Because like, I, I have seen some of them. Yeah. Uh, Broken Arrow. Hey, By the way, I I've said this. That. I've said this yeah. about your dad. I mean, Travolta just absolutely Russell Westbrook him in that broken arrow scene. Like he would not Talk pass the ball. It just, you know, like Talk how he's sitting that. there and how he wants to kind of feel that scene. And Travolta just boxes him out the whole time. Like these rebounds are mine. Yeah. And how he, I think that derailed how he's acting career. Right I think if that. I'm you, if you ever get divorced, I'm on a, I would like one way plane to Tokyo be like, I'm here tight black suit. You know, I, Who's I think to you'd be say Meg's not that. on board with that right now, dude. I don't think she would sign off on that. I think she would. I think she absolutely would. I love that look, Ryan. And it's also it's this uh, weird Venn diagram. It's it's the bad guy in those films you're talking about. And they also are European soccer coaches. If you look oh, at European yes. soccer coaches, you're always Very like, good. that guy, he Eat should be bomb. like. He should yes. be putting a bomb in an elementary school in a, in a James Bond movie. He should be the guy in Die Hard. Um, yes, three. Um, yes, with Samuel Jack. Yeah, the the guy with the it was with Hans' brother, right? The guy who pushed all those big uh, those big Unimogs through the city, and everybody was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like that guy for sure is coaching in Europe. Also, I just feel like uh, Italian soccer coach, slick back, black hair. For sure, Ryan, you're on to something, dude. I just think mm -hmm. that'd be an incredible two-year run. And I'm not even talking to Boris, so I shouldn't have said that. But I just mean 
like it would be Next hey phase i don't know be awkward do you have do you have enough bigger white guys in these japanese movies because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. i'm available and i'm available with this two years i know i'm gonna lose you know what i mean yeah and so i'm whatever. okay with losing i'm Just okay with losing about. you know who kyle i say this all the time kyle is a dead ringer for the guy that indiana jones backed into the propeller uh kyle kyle Except bigger yeah much bigger although that guy used to play football evidently kyle has a tailor-made wrestling and stunt you know um cameo career lined up him and lane johnson it's like they yeah. could walk right into the ring if they so choose um ryan do you want to go now are we done with Chris? I think we should be time-wise, but I feel like we need to allow more time to kind of dissect some of the stuff in the Go future. Ahead, dude, right? I got no... Listen, this is a... The, the, all right, no, maybe maybe we should do it this way. Should Dan and I now offer up our Chris yeah. one so we keep it all self-contained? And sure, then we go yes. Driving. Sure. All right, yes. so go ahead. Big we'll edit go. this tight. All right, yeah, Chris is Terry Bowden. Ooh, Terry Whoa. Bowden. I need to Wikipedia his personal life. Living off his dad's legacy. <laughs> Here we go. Fucking oh, <laughs> fail son through and through. That's so great. Failing, failing keeps upward. Keeps getting jobs. <laughs> keeps getting jobs. You know, you know Terry Bowden, when he took over Auburn, he actually went like 11-0 and 0 and they had um, sanctions. A- they had a television sanction that they couldn't play the games on TV. And then he went to like North Alabama and Akron. He's been everywhere. He's he's coaching again. He's got another job. I think he's Louisiana Monroe's coach. It's actually well, you're insane. Terry Thank you. It's actually insane. I kind of like this guy from looking at him. I really like this guy from looking at him. Look at this picture. How short is he? He's, I, I he's, was, was going to say that I want Brian Kelly's height because if you're a player, there's nothing more endearing than a short coach. Yeah. That, so so explain that like tell like the, is it tell just a alpha thing is it like a i'm not worried about this coach he's kind of more the brains he's not gonna like dan campbell yeah or he's Mike lovable me. you know he can he can crack down but he's also short and i said yeah, Brian so Kelly, asked- i could have picked nick saban by the way i want nick saban's acting i want nick saban's acting chops i want to be in aflac commercials and i want to look like i'm not i don't even want to be there yeah i'm just i i think there's a disconnect. Well, I think the shorter guys, it's like, I have a friend who's in, and Dan actually met him sort of in Colorado, but he's, he's short. The sort of is I was really high. Yeah. He forgot that he met us and he was just wandering the course field, but it was actually pretty (laughs) incredible. Um, We, we had, he's, this is my friend, Mark, and he's really, really abrasive and he's kind of tough to deal with. So the first few minutes, if you don't know him, you're like, I would kick this guy's ass. But I always say, like, if you were six one, you would have gotten beat up your whole life. And so I think you're onto something there with shorter football yeah. coaches where when they try to get tough with you guys, you're like, whatever, he's five, nine, right? Like if he were six, one, you would take it differently. By the way, the other thing about Bowden is he was the guy that Dabo replaced when everybody was like, okay, so who's going to get this job for real after we let Dabo play for 10 coach. Like the Dabo stuff back when he replaced Bowden was was hilarious because it was, no one took it seriously, and here they are, this amazing program. Dude, so, I had I, I, I this guy is old as sh- he's really old. Terry Bowden, yeah, yeah. God, I mean, Bobby's means, like ninety. Yeah, that just goes to show you how old Bobby is. Um, that was a good one, Dan. <laughs> what do you got, Ryan, for me? Um, I was gonna say uh, Scott Frost looks. Mm. Scott Frost looks, but. Is this pod is evidence once it went from who are you like in college to no Frankenstein to no NFL? That's Dan's fault. Let's for the coordinators. Um, 
I thought it was a little bit, not so much less miles eating the grass, less miles game planning where the rest of the staff is like, what the fuck are we doing again? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So you're like, I love them, but the guys are like, Hey, what? Hey, galaxy brain on, here on on Wednesday. Guys, Wednesday it's just, Wednesday, it's just first fifteen. Action. Just, just it's just fi- first fifteen. Let's call Ryan. The play. Chris, Chris texted me at ten in this ten this morning and was like, "Hey, do you think Ryan understands this?" I assume you got the same text, being like, "Hey, no. do you think Dan understands this?" No, no not I at know, all. Because I know I was, you understand it because you made it up. You literally told us to do the Frankenstein, but Ryan was like, "I just don't get this." No, it was more me fucking with the thread because I would be like. I don't get this because it kept changing every day. So that's why the less miles thing. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. You're I think I also, able to understand. I'm a terrible texter because I'm, I misspell things and I text in volume. I text like I'm that guy that goes text, text, text. And I know it annoys you guys. Ryan, you're a very Does grumpy it? texter. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, I read everything in grumpy font, a font that Ryan types in the text. Like, I'm like, what's wait? Like, Ryan will be excited about something. I'm like, he's, he's obviously being sarcastic. He's not happy about this. So. I did not text Dan that because I was sure you didn't get it. Ryan, who am I? Okay, I put in – I just keep coming back to Kyle Whittingham. I don't know what it is. I think it's the physical part. I think that. it's the respect. I that. think it's that you would – those that – you know, people can read you wrong because you are a very friendly guy. There, There isn't edge to you unless we know you and know that there is a guy inside of you there, There's that there is – there's a guy in there that smashes his head into other 300 pound men for a living and liked it a lot. Even when you didn't like it, you actually liked it. And I think you downplay that part of you. So I think there's a Whittingham slash must champ. I'll leave out the part where when you get the job, it doesn't seem to work out because that's not the case. I think there's a must champ thing when you're around him for five minutes, you're like, I want to be with that guy. So that's kind of how I look at you. You like, like must whenever, champ a lot. I, whenever you've spent time with Muschamp, you're like, I want to run through a fucking wall for this guy. Well, and yeah. that's what I think Whittingham is. And I think that's what you are. And then I would say social media, you're like Stan Van Gundy. Stan Van Gundy. I like that. Okay, cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, w- Will Muschamp, the only thing I'd push back on, Chris, like you're not sweaty enough. Will Muschamp looks like a wet dog all the time. You would no be surprised. What. I got a pit problem. Okay. Because Will Muschamp, like it could be, he could be in the desert and you would, you'd look at him. And he'd look like he had just been, uh, you know, well, that's put through he would the be washer. In the desert. No, he looks like he he looks like he's always coming inside from a hurricane. Okay, that works better. If you're in the desert, I mean, we're all sweating. Yeah, that's true. I was yeah, talking about the dry heat. I don't know if you know. It's not the heat. It's the humidity. It's not the heat. It's the humidity. According to every white guy our age ever mm-hmm. and above. Uh, okay. You know, Colorado's more of a temperate, like a desert climate. You know, it's three hundred days of sunshine a year there most underrated weather in the country oh i love colorado uh, okay so let's I go i saw a dude jerking off on the street this morning <laughs> okay in new york oh, dude God. yeah all the time <laughs> just jack it off yeah you give him his i gave him his space i wasn't gonna bother him he definitely needs space. <laughs> although 16th street in denver i that might be every other cbs <laughs> so <laughs> ryan you want to do your frankenstein i can't wait yeah, to see yeah. how you interpreted this segment <laughs> Okay. I mean, the saving thing's such a layup that I don't, you know, single-minded focus task oriented, mm. almost obsessively um, motivated leader of men at first. You're like, what's this guy's deal? So I have a little slash Tom Allen in there from Indiana, where if you, in the beginning for me, it's like, what's this fucking guy's deal? Oh, I like him. too intense. Like, but then when you're around him, you're like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um, Ooh, Tom Allen, by the way, 
for you, like constantly getting injured. That's another good one. Yeah. Perfect. He gets, he gets injured yeah. in celebrations. Like every day he shows up with a black eye or some kind of like elbow injury. Yeah. That's perfect. Hey, actually. you said Lane Kiffin or, um, sorry, Nick Saban, <laughs> two goats. They just got him mixed up. You said Nick Saban, have you ever seen his background on zooms when he was on like the mega cast and he was in like a kitchenette guys, the richest guy in Alabama. And he's got like a fucking, um, uh, like one of those electric stoves, like not the new cool ones. You guys both have really Spartan backgrounds in your in your Zoom setups. If task, anybody has task, a notice. task, yeah, no, that's me. I mean, I'm just all task. I'm yeah, not okay. here for the decorations. Um, he takes pickup basketball really seriously. Yeah. Like after a while, those those Tuscaloosa games are legendary. You know, he wants to be a basketball GM. I've always wanted that when I was younger, where he picks the sides of the pickup games, and then he said, "What's up with the math?" You know, he's like, "Why are ones? And, why is it ones and twos? It shouldn't be ones and twos in pickup. It should be worth twice as much. Mm. It's ones and one point fives in their pickup games." So I think that part's great. Um, I think I'd like to be a little bit like Vrabel, but I think we all know that I'm just not there. I'm not tough enough, which is I don't know. My if you got thing. the pecs he's got. You see him doing yeah. push-ups? No, it's it's not. And then I would also go. Uh, well, Dan Campbell's stance is out. Um, I don't really have the cardio stuff that Coach O has. I would end it with Chip Kelly's personality because I think that that's fair. There's times with Chip where you want to check in and you're like, hey, what's up? And you're like, what? Why are you texting me? And so I think yeah. there's some there's New England personality there with Chip where, you know, I'd once heard Chip describe that his favorite word was no. And so I was like, that, that rings true. Hey, that might be, you know how people have, and I hate these, the sayings on the wall, like, and they're all, you know, the sayings and shit, the mantras, the, they're man such, sharpens man. They're such bullshit. Yours you would play harder when you saw that? Yours would just be no. Like it would just be no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know what Dan's would be, but it would be no. I want to circle back to something you talked about, uh, backgrounds. We were talking about backgrounds. How are you guys not giving me more shit about the Saban thing? Or are you just waiting? No, I, never, I, mind. I, never mind. I, the I, Gundy I mean, was, thing was our, was my barb. I don't really, Ryan. Secretly, I actually like you a lot, dude. So I like. What do you think about people in their books and their backgrounds? Like how meticulously they choose their books before they go on their ESPN spot. Like, oh, let me put this book here. Like, I definitely read this book. Oh, I love this album. Now I have albums back here, but I assure you, I've listened to them all. Yeah, I, the backgrounds are, are always funny because it's it does feel like they want everyone to point it out. Be like, oh, look at that. Look at that. I Do you guys have Infinite Jest? Have you read Infinite Jest? I have not. No, it's a, that's a big one. That's a big Okay, because that's that I, I, I contended this like three weeks ago that Infinite Jest is the greatest fraud book of all time. If you want to have a background where everyone's like, oh, this guy reads, it's Infinite Jest. It's got to be the highest purchased not read book of all time. So it's, a, That's big, a good it's one. the biggest fraud in, in the history of books. Yeah, because you're just buying it. So everyone would be like, I, I actually think that if you if someone walked in your house and you had infinite jest, they wouldn't even be like, oh, what's your favorite part? So They'd be like, like, oh, infinite jest. I have that too. Okay. Do you have any Emmys back there, Big Cat? Oh my God. Can we, yeah. How about the, the, the fucking like sports and the local sports Emmys or the uh, Webbies or whatever award? Just throw it up there. What's that? Oh, Super Bowl. Well, the Super Bowl trophies, I think you can keep those up, Chris. Any okay. Nickelodeon valuable players back there? Oh, yeah, no. That's what I thought. Hey, hey, he is a Nickelodeon valuable player for me because, as you guys know, I needed that 99-yarder to finish the game. How about your mm -hmm. boys in Chicago that probably didn't buy up and buy any points that thought they, they salvaged something out of that day and you didn't kick the extra point? That and the rule, yeah. I, I That rule that rule's got to get changed for gambling purposes. I agree. I agree.
Right. You continue with your Frankenstein. Sorry. No, that's pretty much it. I mean, I'd like to have the decorating skills of Cliff Kingsbury, but um, you would dress like I, I, I said this last night. If it weren't for the fact that you you definitely want people to see the guns, I, I see you as, and maybe you could do this. And I don't know if a Jack guy can pull off Kyle Shanahan's outfit, but you're definitely like a Manhattan Beach bro dressing coach. You're cool. You, you got Lululemon. Your team gets sponsored by Lululemon. Uh, you've got all the joggers. Like standard issue is not khakis, it's joggers with your staff. I got to tell you, I'm probably dressing more like Belichick this year than anybody. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm never I've worn pants this year less than five times. You're dressing for the dog park without a dog. Yeah, yeah. The Manhattan That's Beach gear shit. here, like the the dress up Manhattan Beach, which is nice vest, skinny joggers, that kind of thing. Like yeah. I'm not afraid of it, but it's not everyday issue over here. Yeah. So people that's that are that are not from Manhattan Beach, when you come into town, everybody's like, "Look how that guy dresses." But you're like minor league Manhattan Beach. Yeah, minor league, minor league. The the women here, it's it's very much like, okay, here are your here are your yoga pants, here's a stroller, here's a trucker hat, here's the ironic t shirt, and then there's just like seven deep. So, you know, uh it's not when guys get out here, they're like, Man, it must be crazy. They're like, yeah, it's it's a little bit older. So I don't want to get into how expensive real estate is because we know that doesn't do me any good. It hit me last night that you are a more jacked, better looking PJ Fleck. Oh, Mm. motor the same same yeah. motor same kind hard of worker. same kind of hard work uh work ethic same they both are big fitness guys pj likes to sprint out onto the field uh to take care of his players i did sprints yesterday yep. it was terrible yeah. yeah people don't realize that ryan every single morning he texts chris and i a motivational saying yes just get us going on the day mm -hmm. so you're yeah. that you're that type of guy That's uh ryan i had my coach for you um, and I might have to do a refresher course for some of the younger listeners, but, uh, you're Mike price. Oh, <laughs> That's the so people don't remember Mike price. He got hired at Alabama, uh, before he even coached a game, he went to a strip club. The uh, stripper was like, roll tide coach. He's like, it's rolling, baby. Got fired. Now, Ryan, obviously has bounced back, but it is a great cautionary tale that anyone can have a bad night. Anyone I, can have one bad night. You could be Joe Cullen, the guy who went through the drive through naked. Anyone can have a bad night. It's Sometimes not a big you deal. find yourself naked at a Wendy's and you get a knock at the window. I mean, well, it depends. Like when that when that window is twenty four hours, you're like, what's more important, a couple of cheeseburgers or pants? Joe Cullen was you just know? trying to get some food in his stomach, man. And also, I don't. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm mad that the Mike Price thing happened before the internet. What a story that guy. It's that would have like, been hey, an amazing, amazing show. Well, I mean, you know, can you imagine like a local radio in Alabama where you're, you're fired up because you got this guy because that's, that's this craziest thing. Like Alabama wins another title and the idea that they were ever struggling to find somebody, figure it out in Tuscaloosa, like happened for a bunch of coaches in a row. And that was so unbelievable that you went, wait a minute, what did they do? <laughs> can you imagine rolling, the baby? Can you imagine the meeting with the administrators? Can you imagine the fucking, uh, what's his name at Arkansas with the road rash? I mean, can you imagine that By today? Petrino, yeah, yeah, Petrino. Yeah. Can you imagine one of the that? greatest photos of all time? I like. I I think we actually should just have you know, like when Google changes <laughs> yes, whatever uh, the background day that was once a, once a year, it should just be Bobby Petrino with the neck brace inside the O, scratched up face, looking like an Attitude Era uh, you know wrestler. Just the greatest photo ever. You can't reach that level of comedy if you scripted it. Oh, uh, God! You know what? Is is we're just talking about it. 
I almost feel like we need to do a special on some of these things because they're fucking nuts. Like that, that conference. And I know it drives everybody crazy when you talk about SEC, but it's just, it is, it isn't, you know, instead of it just means more, it's built different. It's just different. Like think about it. Somebody called in to a talk show to say that Cam Newton was paid for at Mississippi state. Like that was a call in. Yeah. And then for the next couple of weeks, it's like, okay, so what really happened? Like this stuff, I mean, with Harvey Updike and the, the, the tombstone, uh, like I, I ruined Harvey the trees Updike. at Tumor's Corner. Spike like, 80 yeah. juice. Spidey, Spidey. Wait, what, let, let me, you? let me go. Let me, this is a perfect transition. So let me take this thought. Okay, yeah, I can yeah. go right into it. So I, I picked more coaches that I think like, it's not only what I'd want to be, but also kind of what I am, like a little little introspection, like you yeah, know you who I am are, as a person. Yeah. Um, and I will start with uh, Jim McElwain because, listen, if you've ever been on like deep sea fishing and you get a big fucking shark or yeah. big fish, yeah, there is there is a small part of your brain like I want to fuck this thing. <laughs> so Jim McElwain, <laughs> I could see what that was, and I know it was dispelled that it wasn't him. But that's another great SEC story. The fact that we all think it's him. I choose. We to, all think it's him, and he just said it's not me. And yeah, it's like, we're just okay. I guess. Like, if I Google image search you. Jim McElwain with the shark, it's. I mean, it's just pure SEC that a guy who's a dead ringer for Jim McElwain, who might be Jim McElwain, laid naked on a shark. And then it ended up in a message board and everyone was like, Jim McElwain, fuck sharks. And he had to do a press conference being like, hey, guys, I, did not I don't fuck sharks. sharks. All right. So Jim McElwain's up there for me. Uh, Urban Meyer for uh, I. So I don't think I'm going to work myself to death, but there will definitely be a point where I'll fake that I worked myself to death. Right. So um, I will throw out health conditions and all that stuff. So I respect that from Urban Meyer. And then take a job um, with ESPN. Yeah. Right. Write The contract. I actually. We went to the Ohio State facility, um, and they they gave us a whole tour. This is when Urban was still there, and he had it framed his contract to his family, like being like, "I'm not going to work till I like have a heart attack on the side of, on the sidelines." Yeah, and he had it framed, and they were like, "And there's uh, Urban's pledge to his family," and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's the the fake heart attack contract," and they did not like that comment. No, I don't even like happy you doing with it. that. No, like I don't like you doing it at all. I might want yeah. to cover the Jaguars in the future. I might want access in that building. And, you know, you're. I mean, all time coach, all time coach. Uh, all right. Hugh Freeze morals. So I, if I were out recruiting, now I don't, I don't believe in God, but I respect people who do believe in God. And I think that's kind of where Hugh Freeze lands because, you know, he's a big God guy, but he also was calling escorts in Oxford for like five years. So, um, I think I would, I think I'd be able to like, at least talk up God if I had to in the living Mm -hmm. room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think you could definitely do that. If if Hugh Freeze could do it now, that hospital bed in the the press box. Uh, Yeah. Flare for the moment. Yeah. That's all you. That's all you. Yeah. You guys are great on those videos with the podcast. I could see that for sure. They got some good videos, don't they? Yeah. No, they have great videos. I Great want, videos. I watch um, Brett Bielema's body. He's got a good bod. I also think that there's something Dude. about college coaches. You can tell the ones. I always make the joke that Bill Self does this, but you can tell the coaches that uh, eat their losses. So the more losing, the bigger they're going to get. I would definitely be an eat eat your loss type of guy. Where if if you if you have like a four and eight season, you show up next spring, you know, 
to camp and you're 350. Who's old. the skinny guy that loses the most? Mm. What's Mangino look like? It's not everyone. It's not every coach. It's just so, certain coaches eat their losses. Bill Self's got a nice little, like a couple more, uh, you know, sweet 16 losses and right, that right, little right. pouch that he's got keeps growing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I have Paul Remember Chris. How big Mangini got? Yeah. Oh, man. Mangini was a big eat your loss guy. And he won 10 yes. games. Yes. They said, Ralph big... Regan, they said Ralph Regan used to drink soup while a player was like in his office talking to him. <laughs> and dude said that he used to just like, <laughs> like drink the soup and it would just be running down his sweatshirt. And he just was not concerned. Not concerned. I'm worried that like the fat, the days of the fat coach are kind of out. Like, I hate, there's not I a hate lot that. left. I hate that. Yeah. I used to love seeing the fridge digitally in NCAA. Remember, you used to play NCAA and there'd be like a bad call and digital fridge would be over there, like all fucking like just like gyrating a little bit because the graphics were so bad. I miss that, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I miss um, the that. That'd, my, be uh, good, uh, that'd be a good like. OTL or an E60. I'm E60. like, just have a couple of super heavy, heavy coaches go. The game is fast as by. Like, this yeah. is yeah. this is a bias. And, mm -hmm. you know, look, I know I'm a little thick, but that's why there's triple X hoodies. Do you know what it was? It was the, I think the day that, that the game is passed by bigger coaches is when uh, Rex Ryan did the lap band surgery and just ate his way through it. Oh, or was God. it Rob? Rob might have done that. Oh, Rob might have done that. I can't. I can't. No, Rex got skinny. Rex capped. Yeah, Rob. I think Rob had lap band though, and he just like he just ate th like you're only supposed to eat so much, otherwise the lap band just explodes, and he just fucking powered right through that thing. You know a lot about this. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is kind of my my hobby. Um, all right, my fashion sense. I'm going Paul Christ, coach of the Badgers. Just. The plainest sweatshirts, they're always exactly. the same sweatshirts. Right. You don't and know if it's from 89 or today. <laughs> yeah. And then the com and then the combo fashion sense, because when I do dress up like once a year, which I don't think any of us are going to the Super Bowl this year, which sucks because that's usually like the one night, the Wednesday or Thursday of Super Bowl week when we go out. You and have it's an like, outfit. oh, put on something nice. Oh yeah. Uh is Jack Del Rio when he wore that leather coat. And he was like, look at me. I'm Jack Del Rio. Remember Mike Nolan and, and Jack Del Rio wanted to wear suits on the sideline? I love that. Um, I love like that. Like cover up shit yeah. coaching. Yeah. yeah. Like you're yeah. a coach and in, to, in, in yeah. a movie, like in any given Sunday situation. <laughs> right. That's like, so, no, no. And they were bad coaches. Yeah. yeah I no, thought no, it was Right, nice. right, right. So, so to, to uh, like, anytime I dress up, I'm thinking I'm dressing up, but everyone's looking at me be like, that's your dress up? Like, okay. Kind of want to cool, dress dude, up like, like Bum Phillips. Oh, I like have that. dressed up like Bill Phillips. I do. So when you be go much to a, when you go to something music, like the only thing I could think of for you was Leech. I'm glad Leech got brought up because we used to drunk dial Leech. Dan, did I tell you we used to drunk dial him? No. Yeah, me and Danny Amendola because we uh, played each other in the Gator Bowl way back in 2007, and uh, they beat us. So like me and Danny used to go to Bonnaroo every summer. And we would, when all the music stopped, just spend time calling our coaches at like four in the morning. Like I've left Greg Williams three minute messages in the back of a, an RV at Bonnaroo slurring my words. But Leach used to pick up. We'd call Leach at 3 a.m. He'd talk to us at 3 a.m. We'd call him at noon. Like we opted not to go see like Bonnie Vare one time for like 30 minutes because Mike yes. Leach was on the phone. 
we once interviewed a fake Mike Leach. We we were doing at our old studio, like the phone lines cross between the radio and the podcast. And we were set to interview Mike Leach and we put him through and it was just a kid. And we're like, Hey coach. And he just did like a fake Mike Leach voice. He didn't even know that he was on. Like he thought he was calling into radio. Yeah. And we interviewed for like 10 minutes. Then finally we're like, are you Mike Leach? And he's like, yeah, I'm Mike Leach. And we're like, what's this? And he couldn't get it. And we're like, God damn it. We just wasted 10 minutes. No, you should have posted that shit. I yeah, had that was, once, uh, so I had to cut him off because it was coming up in the hard break on radio and we just started talking and it didn't make any sense. And he just went off. And then I was like, all right, goodbye. And we went to the hard break. Like you have to be out at the end of each hour on national radio. It's this clock and it shuts everything off. And so okay. you'll have a countdown. Oh, you have to know. How does national radio work? I, I have a show, yeah, whatever you're on it. We Ryan. don't know anything about national radio. You're on the show. You haven't shown up six months. Yeah, it wasn't about you. So maybe you should pick some selfish coaches. That was for the listeners to understand. Wait, hold on. I, I'm not done. Uh, Dabo's ability to grasp new technology. So the TikTok video, I'm not on TikTok, but if I were, that's exactly how it would look. Just, you got to know when you're in too deep. And Dabo. That video is that, so bad. That's so TikTok. Bad. He's in too deep. Way too deep. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. Uh, um. Andy reads clock management. I know. So obviously it's not coaching, but when I was doing Gus Duggerton and we we're, you know, twitching for a, a lot of people, I always screwed up. What? You can throw some stats out. You got big 150,000 watch the national championship, whatever. I would always screw up the clock whatever. and like in hilarious, terrible ways. And people would be like, dude, what are you doing? It's like, I honestly, I thought I was calm. I'm not calm. I freak out. I lose my, like there was one game that I had, I think it was the SEC championship game where I was driving with seven seconds left. I had all three timeouts, seven seconds. I couldn't use the timeouts. I had too many. So I would definitely have Andy Reid's clock management. I'm self-aware to know that Matt rules, uh, ability to spit. I routinely spit on myself. Um, Matt rule. I thought about that. In the, it was the Georgia game, right? He or was a Georgia yeah, game. Was last year. Right on it was just sitting there. I thought about Bill Cowher spit. Yeah. The funny thing is he was wearing a face shield like two years ago. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and then finally, I would like to have uh, Bob Diacchio's uh, Diaco. uh <laughs> presence of mind for the future because people, how about that guy? He we, coached me. He coached you? Yes, at Virginia. He was at Virginia, bro. The rivalry that he created is the greatest rivalry of all time between Connecticut and UCF. And then he doesn't get enough credit because guess what? You guys watched on Wild Card Weekend. That the Bears and the Saints played on Nickelodeon. You know who had that idea seven years ago? Bob Diacchio. Did he really? He said that in a press conference. What are He's you like, calling him? Bob Diacchio. It's Bob no, Diacchio. Yeah, no, Bob I had an I at the. Okay. It's D I A C I O. Diacchio, who is a fucking Diacchio, who's actually a what? really cool dude. The fact that he said like we should put these games on Nickelodeon so that we can get a new fan base, and that was seven years ago. Yeah, genius. We always laugh at the crazies, right? We say that guy's crazy, and then they end up being right. Yeah. I think that's what Steve Jobs was. So that's kind of the same. Bob I put Diaco, Bob Diaco, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, same category. Steve Jobs, terrible hygiene. Bob Diaco, great hygiene. Do you guys think Steve Jobs is still alive in Argentina? No, I don't think so. I'm not 100% no. Tupac possibly. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Tupac, I'm pretty sure. There's a lot of evidence <laughs> right. that suggests what you, it. What do you guys have for me? Well, as I said, you're Adazio. Uh, but you're coaching in Hawaii, so you can wear be Hawaiian shirts, and you can be a dude. You Seven know, that's and five. His, that's his whole thing. Dudes being dudes, and you would end up throwing games and be sent back to the mainland. 
uh, actually, if you were in Hawaii, you I think you would be a scandal coach. He would be in on a, on a um, how would you put this? He would throw a game. I, I would coach for the spread. He, I, he, I, there are coaches that coach to the spread, and I would be one of them. Absolutely. You, they would send you back to the mainland in your Hawaiian shirt. That's that's mm-hmm. all I had for you. I mean, I actually... Post game, they'd be like, why'd you go for two? And you'd be like, well, I went for two. And you'd be like, you're down 24. And you're like, yeah, all right, fine. And they'd be like, that's not what the card says. You'd be like, we have different cards. I would play for Dan. There we go. In a heartbeat. I like that. I like I, I like play that. for Dan, because if I got kicked out after like a, a, a fracas... I would, I'd be able to go like, Hey man. And Dan would, Dan would give you multiple opportunities. He would definitely yeah. he'd be oh, a benevolent, too many. benevolent yeah. head coach. Yes. Um, there would be, they'd, they'd show like the, um, my, my, my players, there would be some homicides. There would be some <laughs> fucked up shit. There would. Cause I'm a, I'm a forgiving guy. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a third, yeah. fourth, fifth chance guy. Big, so big I, Juco you know, guy. A lot of Juco yeah. is coming in. Yep. Yep. For sure. I do it all. Then you'd coach out west. So that makes way west, and that makes sense. I like that. Um, anything else, guys, on the coaches? Yeah, Ryan, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I haven't done them yet. Oh. I I picked Bielema too, but not for the obvious reasons. Big Ten roots, but then he'd go down to the SEC and he'd be <clears> like, "Actually, this is the best." And then as, <laughs> as soon as he moves back to the Big Ten, he'd be like, "You know, the Big Ten's still the best conference." Because Bielema, <laughs> one of my favorite interviews with Bielema was as soon as he got the Arkansas job. And by the way, like I know no one in Arkansas wants to pretend like, like they went seven and five one year. And I think they were last in the division in the West. Like there was a stretch there where the SEC West was so fucking loaded and they went seven and five and came in last. And he's like, all right, like, I guess I'm out of here. And I asked him to his face. I go, how much better is the SEC in the Big Ten? He goes, it's not even close. He goes, it's not even close. And then I kind of can't wait for the follow-up when somebody interviews him and asks him specifically that with Illinois he has no choice but to say this conference could play with anybody he'd be like that's not what you said but it doesn't matter i mean jimbo actually accused the sec and espn of a grand conspiracy because of money and that's why people weren't as nice to florida state when then he just said that it was a huge problem there was basically a conspiracy to keep an sec team out that something was wrong with the playoff rant over go ahead big Cat. no when you think about jimbo, I, well, no, i was go, gonna say to yeah. you ryan people don't give bielema enough credit for that no. 2014 arkansas team because this came back up because you know i had a lot of friends who went to illinois and they all were like hey what's bielema like is this a good hire i was like dude he's a good coach that 2014 arkansas team they went seven and six so and six. they they but they, but they, they lost lose their bowl to, game. Is that what they happened? won their bowl game against Texas? Well, but here's so what they, they did: they, they opened the season. They lost to Auburn significantly. Auburn was number six. They then lost in overtime to number six Texas A&M. They lost by one to Alabama, number seven Alabama. They lost by uh, two scores to number ten Georgia. These are back to back weeks, by the way. They then lost by seven to number one Mississippi State. And they lost by seven to number 17, Missouri. So they played all six of their losses were, or, or sorry, six of their seven losses were top 10 games. And the seventh was Missouri number 17. That's insane. That, right. And that's why I think he's actually still, I think it's a terrific hire for Illinois because everyone looks like Arkansas is this massive failure. And that was a time when the SEC, especially on the West side, that there was a couple year stretch where that division was nuts. So anyway, Bielema roots um, probably outfits as well. Hey, Bielema, I, what kind of height does this guy have on him? He looks he's pretty tall. He's a big yeah, guy, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, and he has that one picture that's oh my god. He has 
He went out for a game, you know, the pregame uh, when everyone's warming up and he was wearing his belly was just as bigger as bigger than ever. He was wearing like a jumpsuit and and flip flops. And it looked like it looked like any uh, like middle aged dad that was like out walking their dog or picking up the paper. He was Tony Soprano picking up his paper but before a game. game. And I was like, just a boss, just a boss. I want to like him. He's the D, he's a D lineman. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's it's a weird thing because, uh, you know, Wisconsin fans were pissed that he left because he did leave abruptly, but I also don't really blame him because he was kind of in Barry Alvarez's shadow. And he was uh, also pissed about the assistance. Like uh, back then the yeah. Big Ten wasn't paying assistances as much. And then it was just like, look, if you go into the SEC, you can pay all your assistances much more. But I mean, he timed it out. It was a brutal situation for him as far as what the rest of the division was. So yeah. The thought process wasn't incorrect that if you win the SEC West, you will probably win the national title. I yeah, see him right. on Reddit shirtless in a public place drunk, and I like that. Yeah, that's a different picture. But then, you you know what? He was cut up. He was cut up when, I mean, he played. He's yeah. going to end up probably going to Iowa when whenever uh, Kirk retires. That's never happening. Okay, so a couple more here, and then we'll finish up, at least for me on my end. I got Greg Schiano for Big Cat mm. because if you don't know him, you're just like, what the fuck is with this guy? Mm-hmm. Now, the difference between Big Cat and Shiano is that what happens you when you to, know him, Ryan? Yeah, once you get to know Shiano, you still maybe look what the fuck is up with this guy. <laughs> so, this is only an outside perspective thing because I think once inside, they're very different. I'm going to go with Tastes, football coach Tastes. Uh, he's a lot like Gruden. He loves football, Hooters, yep. Mark Davis. And then when it's late and you're out, he disappears. Yeah. So, much oh, like yeah. the Raiders' fourth quarters. If you have a moment where you're out with Big Cat, yeah. and this is a responsible thing to do. This is not a criticism. It's a responsible thing. It's something that he learned at a very young age, which I'm very proud of him for, is that when it's like getting a little into those gray areas in the, in the nightlife, you'd be like, what happened to Big Cat? Like, he's already home. Irish goodbye. Already done. Yeah, Irish, Irish goodbye. It's, I used to be more fun, but I just, um, there's I'm not came a point. No, but there became a point where it's like uh, for my brain starts doing the math of like what's tomorrow going to look like, and it's like every second that I'm, I'm standing with, I'm at this bar, you. tomorrow's going to suck. What you so imagine is that what what really kills you is the time. And I'm sorry, Ryan. I know you got you got more, but like when when you when you're at the bar and you calculate how long it's going to take to get home, pack a dip, do your routine, just drunkenly stumble around your hotel room, and then you triangulate. You're going to sleep four hours. Essentially, mm-hmm. and I just want you guys to know, for the record, I'm a lifer at Irish Goodbyes. Never done it to you guys because I enjoy our time so much, Dan. We rarely get it, you know. Yeah, so, the, um, you can't you can't shame me. I'm gonna do it the next time we're together with 100. But okay. see, I'm not a shamer. I'm not a hey. All right, you done? Okay, see you later. I, I, I there's also uh, an element of like, hey, I want to leave when when it's like at its peak. You know what I mean? That's when you got to get out. That's what I did in Philly. But that's also go. why the Raiders don't have great fourth quarters. So in the True. last one. True. Is, I'm, I'm out in the third quarter. I'm done coaching. The yeah. last one I have for you is Pat Fitzgerald. Big stats guy. Big stats guy. <laughs> even if they don't always make a ton of sense. Speaking of, though, did you know this is a crazy stat for guys because we're, you know, some of us are past that age. But men 40 or older, 50% of men 40 or older suffer from erectile dysfunction, which seems really high. So it's a little bit like two-point conversions. We're all here that it's 47%. And I go, there's just no fucking way they're successful 47% of the time. And yeah, I just don't, like not enough of my friends talk about ED. 
And maybe that's mm-hmm. just the, the well, whole actually, you're in luck. stigma we- around it. I just <laughs> I feel like both the two-point conversions and the ED numbers are way too high. And it just reminded me when Pat Fitzgerald was yelling at people about analytics and going for two, and people were like, I don't – yeah, but you guys aren't that good. At- this is a previous year. I got good year. news for you, really though, good. Ryan. We're yeah. six, 66% of the guys on this pod don't have ED. True. No, it's up to the listeners. It's up to the listeners to figure it out. That's a fact. <laughs> I like that, Ryan. I, I, the, um, Ryan's a I'm also like, high. if you, if you high. tell me one stat, if you tell me one stat, I will put it in my head and that will be it for the rest of my life. I'm like, I'm holding on to it. I'm like a dog holding on to a tennis ball. Ryan's so going when a team is down that, 14, yeah. when a team's down 14 in the fourth quarter, guess what's coming out? It's the tweet that says they should go for two here because I know the math. Oh. I learned the math. I had no, I had, why, I had no, I, prob- I had no problem with Frank going for it um, on fourth down or the toss play. I just had a problem with the two point thing. I'm not into that. Ryan's going straight up the hill after this pod to uh, the Exxon above Manhattan Beach to get some horny goat weed and all the gas station erection pills. Uh, he's got a. There's whole no cap. way that stuff doesn't work. It's no way. <laughs> Lamar Odom is actually testimonial. Okay. How about when Snoop Dogg did it when he was like, "But there's no way I'm saying I have it." It was such a slap in the face to people that suffer for ED. Not that, you know, we know what the numbers are, but I'm just saying it like Snoop had to be like, I'll take your money. I'll do this ad, but I have to be able to say that. that, Yeah. But I have to be able to say like the SNOOP is good. I'm getting boners. It's like LeBron doing Kia commercials. You don't drive a Kia. Uh, You know, my dad came to me in, I think I was in college or high school and was like, Chris, like, um, I think Viagra came and wanted to do a deal. Um, and at this point, he was like a Coors pitch man and Radio Shack. He was just coming off his Radio Shack deal. And I was like, Dad, that's a good run. I mean, going from light beer to boner pills, like, we can't do that. I, can't, I cannot live out my high school and college life and my dad's the boner guy. I just can't do it. But just think now he was, yeah, he, was right a big like, he was like Diaco in the sense that if he had done it, then like all, all the stigma around that, nobody really cares. Anymore. You think it runs out? Yeah. yeah. I don't think anyone's ashamed of it anymore. I mean, Ryan just literally did like basically came out of the closet as not being able to get boners a second ago. Yeah. That We're was, not and that was brave of you. That was really brave. You know how, when I come on your pod, you guys do the ring, like you guys pull an excerpt and I always hate it when uh, there's any social pulled, like that's going to be the social Ryan talking about boners and breaking news ryan is one of 50 percent. yeah 50 percent. is that what's happening right now it feels like that's what's happening we're just mm-hmm. constructing a social to tell everybody that you don't get boners you'd think this is an ad but it's not it's just ryan no it's great is that now all of a sudden sales is going to come to me on my side so like hey we had a lot of interest a lot of action this wednesday <laughs> um a bunch of places reached out. Did you? Uh, so, I was talking about Pat Fitzgerald, but you guys take it anywhere you want to go. I'd be a terrible head coach, just a terrible head coach. The more I looked into it, I'm like, I have none of the things that were the like things, the, yeah. you, you nailed it, Ryan. Like the giving guys too many chances. You, I mean, not to pick on him, but you think Urban Meyer in Florida, like, whew, that was a lot of chances for a lot of guys. I that would that'd be child. Ryan play would me. give reading to people like deep intellectual books because he sends me books left and right he sent me a ulysses s grant book it's you know the size of an erection uh it's like that <laughs> for some. yeah for some uh i also got a nice book about australia from ryan i read a uh, hundred pages i really like that book by the way Ryan. yeah it's um, called thoreau the, the happy isles yeah that yeah, one's terrific it's a good i've book. sent some stuff dan did you read um buford's among the thugs 
No, but it's there. I have to. Football season. I'm just telling oh, you're right. You're right. But as soon as you start the, um, the soccer hooligan book, actually, Chris should read that one. Let me get more books out to you guys that you're not going to read. Yeah, that's what you would do to your players. They'd be like, what are you doing this summer? I don't know. I got to read this book. I have summer reading. From your head football coach? Yeah. From my head football I coach. I read the Silk Road book. It was phenomenal. It's the best Silk book Road. I've read in the last three years. American Kingpin. Yeah, that was an incredible book. Yeah, I saw you talking about that on social media. The man. only book I've read in the last three years, but it is also the best. Guys, before I let you go, what's the, the game you're most excited about this weekend? Ooh. Me versus the haters. <laughs> Me versus the Twitter. I like I, it's got to no. be. It's got to be Ravens Bills. It's got to yeah. be Lamar and the Bills because you know I think the Lamar thing is that was the epitome of Lamar Jackson and who this, his career is going to be. Is that uh, I don't I don't know if I go. This is amazing that he turned. Like I still think that run's going to go down as one of the greatest runs we've ever seen. I don't think it's even debatable. It may not be it's the so single scary. greatest run we've ever seen. And some people were bringing up the Vic Vikings one, which is definitely like that one's nuts. But as far as third down and where that game was going. And uh, I, I just love that run so much. I think we've all talked about how much we like Lamar, but it feels like for him, unfortunately, like every single game is moving the goalpost on like a statement of who he is and, and what the quarterback position is. It's tough on Like it sucks for him, actually. It sucks for him because it is such a polarizing conversation. And really, how you play quarterback, and by the way, throws the ball pretty well. It's just outside the numbers has not been their thing. They don't throw the ball outside the numbers a lot. They they threw less. They have less throws deep and outside the numbers uh, on the year than Dak Prescott had on the year, or you know than Ryan Fitzpatrick had on the year. So it's just not something they major in. I'm not going to hold that against him. Playing quarterback, there's a bunch of different ways to do it, and I feel like I wish everybody would just settle on that. Are you productive? Do you scare defenses? Do you score points? The way I'm sitting here and looking at it right now, they're as scary as anybody in the playoffs, um, and it's because of the defense. I was going to say, this, th- that game against the Titans, obviously Lamar is the story because that's we love you know media stories, and yes. I always yes. love whatever the narrative comes out of it. But the fact that the Ravens defense held the Titans offense, which it was you know probably a top five, top five offense, to three points after the first quarter was insane. And they got a bunch of guys healthy. And the Bills, like, I love Josh Allen, but I if yeah. you ask anyone in that building, I guarantee you they would say they didn't play – even close to their best game against the Colts. So they know they got to play better. I, that That's going to be the best game of the weekend for sure. The run and game then, scares I, me. Yeah. Zach and then Moss, I do, I am yeah. interested obviously in the saints bucks game, just because of how bad the saints beat them last time. And it just, I don't know. I think the saints are, are, aren't as good as a lot of people think I they agree. are. I, I, would agree. I always have been saying for the last two years, I think drew Brees is, holds them back. So we'll see if they can, you know, it seems like a, a game they should be able to win, but again, Drew Brees kind of holds them back. Yeah, I, I'm actually looking forward to a little bit of Green Bay LA. Um, I, I know that's not the, you know, it's a bit of a zag here as you guys like to put it, but um, I just think it's gonna be really interesting to see if the Rams can get the run game going against these guys. Cause if they can, they got a puncher's chance. And I think they might, if Wolford's neck is okay, I don't know what's going on with that. What's the latest? I think they actually have a quarterback controversy. What about Bortles? I know that we're not talking about your guy. Oh, I'm sorry. What about Bortles? What about, by the way, I love Blake. Um, Doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Wow. I feel close. Name name two of his best albums. um, Jagging off. 
and pissing in the pool. <laughs> Three eleven <laughs> grassroots yeah. and the first Blink one eighty two. I just by the way, did you see that? Did you see that Blink one eighty two like Kirk Cousins thing? And people were like, "This is incredible." It was real auto tuned up, man. What did he do? I didn't. I'll send it to you. Now guys. you got to do it. No, all I, these games are going to be incredible. I think they're actually. It's going to be a big step up from the first weekend because I said this on the pod the other day. It was like fucking exhausting. It was like nine hours of football each day. And if you count the Bears game, uh, that felt like six in and of itself. So I'm looking forward to it. Green Bay LA is going to be fun. Uh, is Aaron healthy? Um, you know, can Jared Goff, if he plays, can he grip the ball in the cold? Like, here's my take on this. If you are McVay and you knew that he was that competent, and I'm not saying he looked great, but it wasn't that much different than what we saw week 17. Why didn't you start him? You didn't start him because you like Wolford better. It had nothing to do with the injury. I think we do have a little bit of a controversy here with LA. So I don't know who they play. It's going to depend on 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 health, but I think that's going to be a better game than people think. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I actually th- I think all the games are going to be competitive. I the Chiefs all year, like I you know we we try to nitpick the best teams just because it's something to talk about. But I'm not nitpicking the Chiefs. They are the best team. It's not crazy to say that they have had games this year where it feels like they've toyed with the team knowing that they're the Chiefs and they can just flip it on in the fourth quarter when they need to. The Chargers game early in the season, the Falcons game, the Denver game, even the Bucks game when they let them all the way back into like like they have that that switch that they flip. And it's a dangerous game to play if you if you just don't flip it until the third or fourth quarter of a playoff game. Absolutely, and we'll see like Cleveland, you know, are those dudes healthy up front because that's their biggest advantage. If those dudes are healthy, they're going to be able to run the ball with some success, um, and they can. Protect. Let me ask you this, Chris: yeah. Is it ins- maybe an insightful point? Like when you played with Brady, was there that feeling that like Tom will always just kind of bail us out? Because I do think that probably happens on teams where you're like, look. Obviously, we're going to try our hardest. We're yes. going to try to win. But at the end of the day, we have Patrick Mahomes, and if shit gets bad, he's got us. Look at the Steelers like last year, and I'm talking last year they seemed to me like, and me and Ryan talked about this a lot, because their defense was, the whole conversation was New England has a historically good defense the first 12 weeks of the season. And I was on it. Ryan, not to be a douchebag, but we were on it, where it was like, they're not playing anybody. Um, they're pretty good. They're not historically great. The, the best defense in the league last year was Pittsburgh, Le- leaps and bounds to me. And they regressed so much at the beginning of the year because to me, a lot of times, if you are playing defense, to your point, there's this kind of like inherent relaxation knowing that you're going to play complimentary football. Although that ended up not being the case in Pittsburgh for a long time and they ran into the ground. I do think there is that factor and I do think it exists. Um, and by the way, you look at Pittsburgh's last like eight playoff losses. Did you see what they've given up in those games, like north of 40 four times, in the 30s more times than not. I don't think they had a better day than letting up 23 points in the last eight games. So that kind of challenges the status quo up there. Um, Yeah, there is that factor for sure. The variance thing is the thing that I I looked at. Like Tampa and New Orleans are perfect examples of this, is that if you look at some of the variance metrics, which I – it's not always the most telling thing because sometimes you have no variance because you're awesome or you have none because you suck. But if you're supposed to be a good team and you're New Orleans defensively and it's all over the place or right. Tampa week to week and you're like, which team am I getting? And now, ironically, they face each other. So maybe that doesn't tell us too much, but it, it scares me. It scares me a little bit more. And that Tampa game, not to sound like I'm just defending Tom, I thought Tom was awesome this year. Like it was kind of. Mm-hmm. 
this sounds nuts, but was it a tad overlooked how good he was this year? I yes. think physically he threw the football better than he has in years. The numbers are terrific. I mean, he throws for 380 against Washington. People were kind of like, whatever. I mean, that second and eighth throw to Evans on the left sideline against pressure, and it was a terrible snap. That was a nuts throw. The other Evans throw to the right pylon where it wasn't – it was just short of the goal line was a crazy throw to even kind of see it. So the progression stuff, like it's all still there with him. He was awful, like arguably the worst game score ever against – New Orleans in the second time they faced him. Yeah. He started making all sorts of throws just to even try to give him a chance to like convert some of those fourth downs to turn it a pick. So I think that game box score wise looks even worse than it actually was when you watch it because you could understand why he was fucking up so bad. So there you go. That game that yeah. game's gonna be a lot closer, and I agree with you, Ryan, not to cut down, but like all year, it's so funny. We we all killed and very predictably Tom every Monday that they had a bad game. We knew yeah. coming into the season what continuity was going to do this year. Everybody picked New Orleans. Most people picked New Orleans to win that division. We we here said that Tom would be, you know, oh, they would lead uh, the Bucks to wild card berth and probably ten and six, eleven and five. They're right where most people thought they'd be, and so he still throws the go go route as well as anybody. The touch you mentioned Evans. Uh, once they figured things out, it felt like around the Giants game, um, you know, in the middle of the year. They're a different team now. They're just a different team than they were. So whatever your confirmation bias on the Bucks was, they're a totally different team. And to add on to all of that, like I'm a big believer in the like there's a few players on each team that when they go out, everything changes. And that in that Giants game, the Monday night game where the Bucks struggled with the Giants, Ali Marpet goes out, one of the best guards in the NFL. Absolutely. And then the next game they get they get housed by the Saints, yep. and then they beat the Panthers, and then they lose to the Rams. He misses all three of those games. He changes everything for their offensive line. The metrics, so I, the that, metrics. and we know Tom Brady pressure up the middle, all that stuff. You got one of your the best guards in the NFL goes out for three games. They lose two out of three. They look kind of ordinary. I think that you know him being back is one of those things you just don't you don't see it because he's not a Mike Evans. He's not like one of these flashy players, but he's just as important as Mike Evans. He's not even a sexy guard to talk about. Like the guys like right. the bridge troll. And he he literally affects their like EPA and shit. Like all these metrics yep. that people love. There's there was a stat I saw last week where they literally score more points with him on the field. And it's very easy to see that. The one thing I would I would I would mention about um Tampa and about the Saints is one team's getting a guy back that's very important to their defense, and one guy lost the guy that was very important to their defense, and, and that's Quan Alexander with New Orleans and Devin White, who's as good as anybody in the league um, and as fun as anybody in the league to watch. I mean, this guy's range is unbelievable. Um, but you're right, Ryan. People brushed it off. Nobody had had a game like that against Washington yet this year. So the Bucks are real. My biggest worry about them is the defense and that variability, actually. It's totally true, right? I mean, you look at that defense and you go, I love what Bowles does. I actually hope he gets another head coaching job. I loved when he was dealing with all the Jets bullshit, yeah. like just how he came off. I was impressed with him. I mean, maybe you have different intel on that because you have guys. That no, no, no. He's well liked. He's well liked. All right. So all that stuff. But it is a, it's so hard to be consistent in this league, whether it's outcome or just one side of the football. But for a group that has some names that I think we all like and, you know, you could even say the same thing about 
New Orleans, although maybe you just don't feel like their back end is as is talented, or maybe it's not as quick, it's not as young. You know, it's yeah. it's a little bit older. It's it's more maybe about the safeties and the guys on the outside. Um, that's what's so interesting because I'm willing to believe any prediction on New Orleans Tampa. I really am. Totally. Like if you if you said, "Hey, I think it's this and it's yeah," I'd be like, "Maybe, yeah." Like I, I'm not going to sit here defiantly defending one version of the outcome of this game because I just don't know. Well, after last night, I'm probably not even going to touch it. Um, Ohio State, everybody, our whole group text was just on the Bucks. Uh, so probably going to take it a little easy this weekend. I say that now. Check back over the That's weekend. That's a lie. Dudes, thank you very much, Coach uh, Coach Cat, Coach Rosillo. <laughs> I'll see you guys soon, um, and I appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you.